Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Hello everyone, welcome to a very special episode of Word Processing because Josiah, today is our 100th episode. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, indeed. Not counting our cover-to-cover series, we have had 100 episodes of this podcast. Started a little over two years ago. So by now, most of you should know that this voice is Andrew, and I'm joined with Josiah. And we want to do something a little bit special, a little bit different today for our 100th episode. As we sort of reflect on this past couple years of the podcast, and also maybe think about the future, uh, and think about what is to come. Now, the intention when we started this podcast was that it would be edifying for our church body. We know that there are many listeners outside of Oak Ridge, but the intention was first and foremost for our people to be encouraged. And so with that in mind, today we really want to be edifying and encouraging, particularly for our Oak Ridge family. So we have some questions we're going to be answering with Oak Ridge in mind specifically. Now, if you're not from Oak Ridge, again, we are glad to have you here with us and hopefully this will be encouraging for you as well. But Josiah, let's start by thinking about the past. I'm wondering, what is something from the last two years here at Oak Ridge that you are really thankful for? There'd be a number of things, one of which, right off the top of my head, and one that we've talked about, I feel, often through this medium and others, is just that unity and peace that the Lord has blessed us with over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And that is accentuated by the fact that you hear of a lot of churches that do not have that unity and peace. And what makes it especially something I'm thankful for is that it's not that we at Oak Ridge do not have people on either side, and sometimes on what some would consider extreme ends of those sides, some who are very cautious and some who are less cautious on the other side, <laughs> sure. right? It's not that we don't have the extremes, but here's what I'm so thankful for, that while those people on the ends of the spectrum have convictions and they voice their convictions with clarity, they never try to disrupt. They humbly submit to leadership. They make their disapproval known, and then they say, I'm going to follow. And that is such a mark of maturity. And that is one of the main ingredients, I think, of unity in the church and the peace that we've experienced as people who are not trying to plan coups behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, They're not trying to split the church at all, but they are concerned from their point of view, and they make them known. So I was really thankful. I am very thankful for that. It's shown a level of maturity in the body that I don't know if we would have seen had something like the last couple of years not happened. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I have a bunch more, but maybe I'll kick it back to you. Yeah, no, just and picking up what you're saying there, that might sound really dramatic for those who don't have friends in other churches or haven't been talking to other people, but that has not necessarily been the norm in a lot of people that I've been talking to, at least in churches outside of Oak Ridge, that there has been a lot of disruption and people trying to plan coups and trying mm-hmm. to separate or or cause splits. And I'm really thankful, like you say as well, that that hasn't been the case here. For me, it's in a similar vein. I've been really thankful for the people of our church and really being able to see how much they care for you and me, but also just for the other people. Anytime there's been a need, they are quick to hop in to fill it. I know for, you know, a personal standpoint, you know, my wife and I welcomed our first baby during the pandemic. And yet, The people of Oak Ridge were so caring to us, so generous for us, trying to make us feel special and cared for. We got sick during whatever it was, alpha strain or whatever, and didn't have to once worry about groceries. We had people going to Costco for us and dropping stuff off and and really caring for us. And 
ever since I got here a little over five years ago, people have called Oak Ridge a family and really emphasized that. And I've always known that, but especially in the last two years, we have really felt that care and really felt a part of the family and really understood in a practical way what it means for God's church, for this body to be operating in care for one another and really felt that. There's someone during the pandemic who's a really faithful church member here who's given me a call probably almost every week, every couple of weeks. And most times it happens to be at a time when I don't have my phone on me or it's in silent. And they just leave me a voicemail just to let me know they're thinking of us, they're praying for us. No callback required, but we just want you to know that we're praying for you. And man, what a encouragement that is to be a part of a church family that truly cares for one another. For sure. It sounds like you're bragging that you're super likable. <laughs> no? I, I mean, I know we were involved in uh, setting up the meal train when your fifth <laughs> child came. And I know how long we had to keep adding slots. My wife had to keep adding slots because people wanted to just bring you more and more food. Longest meal train I've ever seen in a church. So I, it can't just be me. It's not just you. It's a very loving church family. And you got to be thankful for that. Whether you're a pastor or whether you're not, whether you're just a member of the body, that is something to be thankful for. And we pray that people, especially new people who are coming to the church, experience that sooner rather than later as they press into body life here and experience the family dynamic that happens mm-hmm. here at Oak Ridge. Another one I thought of when you asked this question was, and this doesn't sound immediately like a positive, but it is something I'm thankful for which is that potential deficiencies have been revealed in us as a church family. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so like the things that over the last couple of years, which have been unique circumstances, they've shown us, God has shown us graciously things that we lack and could shore up for perhaps another trial that lies ahead. So just a couple of examples, although there are many, and some of them are personal, to be honest. He has revealed in me certain deficiencies in my own walk with him that Mm -hmm. I need to shore up. And that's a gracious gift, I think, from the Lord. Mainly in retrospect, not when you're going through it. (laughs) Not in the moment, yeah. But a couple, like, for example, the theology of the church. What is this about? What are we supposed to be doing? And what are we not necessarily supposed to be doing? What is the body of Christ? What is it for? What is its aim? What What are its goals? Those are very important. And when you don't have those shared and known throughout the body, and when you perhaps assume too much that people know what that is, when something like this happens, you can see the confusion kind of ripple out through the body. And so it's just alerted us as leadership, this needs to be communicated better. And we better know as leadership very clearly what the church is supposed to be about from the pages of scripture. And then have the conviction and the freedom to say, we're not going to do some of the good things we could be doing because they'll take away attention from the great and the important and the essential things. That is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of good things we could do as a church. They just aren't core to what it means to be a body of Christ. And I think explaining that is always a little easier when you put it in the frame of mind of like the idolatry discussion, I think, of saying that there are good things in our lives that can still be idolatrous if we are putting them in place of God. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like family, for example. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge one. Family is a wonderful gift from the Lord. But if it usurps God's attention and his call for worship of himself and service, then it actually can become idolatrous. We were talking about that with uh, the youth with regards to school and schoolwork. Yeah. School is obviously important and homework is important. Getting into a good school, if that's what you're looking at, is important. And yet that is the thing that most often gets in the way of of their time with the Lord. I don't think that deficiency of not really fully universally understanding what the church is supposed to be about 
is unique to Oak Ridge. Nope. But it is something that we were alerted to during the last couple of years. And we're thankful for that. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that. Yeah. Another one very quickly, and, and I'll shut it off after this one. Although, <laughs> again, I could keep going, is our need for more leadership, elders, qualified elders. You know, when this happened and we realized, we, we revisited what a shepherd, an under-shepherd of God's flock is called to do for the flock. We realized, wow, we're out of our depth. Not in only the right way. We are out of our depth all the time. We need the Lord to guide us to do this. But in just the sheer numbers, mm-hmm. it was so much, such a burden for such a small group of shepherds. And so we were alerted to the fact that we need to raise up, train, identify qualified elders. And so that was, again, a gracious revelation from the Lord for us that mm-hmm. he allowed us to endure this time. But going forward, we need to be more intentional in that way. So again, all these deficiencies that I'm thankful to God that he revealed them to us. So that they can be repaired and move forward. Yeah. It's easier to avoid the pitfalls and the traps if we know where they are in our life and we yes. can actually see them and try and avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And again, there's other ones personally in my life as well. Um, idols that needed to die, still some sin that needs to be killed in my life, all those kinds of things. But I'll kick it back to you before I keep talking too much. This is all great. <laughs> as we said, the goal is for people to be encouraged and hopefully this is encouraging. Yeah, because it's, so it's so unique that I'm talking too much, right? It's so <laughs> unique. Well, so let's shift from the past to the present. So looking at things that are going on now, is there anything happening now that you're particularly encouraged by? There are, but let's start with you. You didn't get a second one in the other. Yeah, I guess. Okay, sure. Yeah. Honestly, what's been really cool for me is just seeing so many people so excited. There's just been something different in the air, it seems like. And I know that's maybe a bit of a cop out, but it seems like people are just genuinely excited to be here, to see one another, whether it's in corporate worship, whether it's in Sunday school or Bible studies or music rehearsal or, or any of those things. It seems like there just seems to be a lot of people that really want to take it seriously and are excited about that process and being a bit of a admitted people pleaser that always makes me happy. Like (laughs) for instance, I mean, I like playing games and board games and stuff like that. And it's cool if I win, but I consider it a win as long as everyone's having fun because that's, that's big for me. So it's really exciting and I find it contagious to be around other people who are enthusiastically following after the same goals and, and being excited about their faith and excited about church, corporate worship, Bible studies, prayer nights. We just had a prayer night the other night and man, it was contagious in there to see that the people who were there actually wanted to be there. And that's not to say it hasn't been that way in the past, but I've been particularly noticing it in the last few weeks, especially. I'll affirm it. And I, this is coming from someone who's less of a people pleaser (laughs) than you probably. And yet that was one of the top things on my list when you asked this question as well, is just there seems to be a growing hunger to be together. Like people just love being together right now. And I pray like crazy that that continues, that it's not just a reaction to the time we couldn't be, Mm -hmm. but it is contagious, like you said. But just go on that, like hunger to be together, but I've seen a hunger for the word Mm -hmm. and a hunger for spiritual growth and maturity. And so it's not even just being together for being together's sake, but with purpose Mm -hmm. of trying to do what the Bible calls us to do for one another and to grow in our sanctification, to, to create that fertile soil where the spirit can work in our life and bring about great growth and fruit. Yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed along those same lines is how presently the church has responded, the people of our church have responded to some tough passages that have been preached. You, know, you don't say. Through, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that can go one of two ways, right? If you present what God says on some difficult texts, it says a lot about the people of God and how they respond. Is there a recoiling? 
is there um, because conviction comes with that and correction and rebuke at times or encouragement. And yet I would say 99% of the responses to these difficult texts, these difficult messages from God to his people have been so positive, whether it is encouragement or rebuke, which is not always you don't think is a positive thing. But again, I'm just so encouraged that that to me is a mark of maturity that God's people hear the voice of God from his word and they take it so seriously to say, I stand corrected or I need to change this. I'm willing to bow the knee to God, not to the preacher, but to God's word. I take it that seriously. So to me, that is a massive encouragement and it's been really emphasized in the last couple of months, I would say. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm not even the one tackling those tough texts. Like every time I've been preaching, I cop out and go to something easier. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. No, but but some of these Matthew texts have been really hard. And yet I feel like I've heard more people than ever after service remarking on, man, what a great message that was. Or, wow, that was so important. Or that was what I need to hear right now. Or that was encouraging. Or that was, and just hear the general tone of people discussing that. Maybe it's just because we're spending time together after service again or something. I don't know what it is, but it seems like, yeah, God's working in some really interesting, incredible ways. Yeah. So you talk about things that are encouraging in the present. To me, that is one, people longing to be together, people longing to hear from God and, and willing to humble themselves before God, no matter what he has to say for us, because following him rightly is more important than our comfort. Hmm. That's huge. I mean, how could anyone not be encouraged to be a part of a church where those things are happening? And there's also just things going on, like we have baptisms and salvations and steps of faith and new people coming to the church all the time who are not only just coming to check out a new club or something, but they're coming and they're ready to serve. Like they want to come and they want to be involved. How can we serve this body? This is now our church home. I mean, that is just super encouraging as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Let's think about the future. What is something that you are looking forward to at the church? My responses here won't be very surprising. They're just the normal things. What do I look forward to in the future? I look forward to just being together with God's people, to living life alongside other brothers and sisters in Christ who I care about and they care about me, seeing growth, mourning together, grieving together, celebrating together. Those things are honestly what excite me the most. I look forward to, we said all these new people are coming to the church. I look forward genuinely to getting to know them, having them in our home, learning what the Lord has brought them through and how he's brought them to this place in their life. I look forward to seeing steps of faith. I look forward to seeing jumps of maturity. I look forward to seeing those light bulb moments for people. These are just normal things I look forward to. And so there's nothing in the future that I look down the tunnel of time and say, oh, something dramatic, something out of the ordinary, some revival. Do we pray for a revival in in Oakville? Sure. But I look forward most to just the normal things of church life. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know about you, if you have anything specific. <laughs> yeah, I tried to be specific just because I uh, didn't want to just hit on the norm today. Oh, okay. okay. Just, hey, you and I balance each other out. We got <laughs> to be a little different every once in a while. But no, I'm really obviously excited for those things as well. But we've had a number of projects around the church that have been kind of on hold for a while or been in process for a while. And there's just a lot of exciting things coming, mm-hmm. even with things like renovations and mm-hmm. grant money we've got for upgrades. And not to say that it's about the facility, but there's something about renovations and a fresh coat of paint. We've had some diligent volunteers like sprucing up rooms around the church and renovations and upgrades that, again, just builds that excitement to to see you know what is coming. It's something new, even though it's sometimes something old that's just been revitalized. And I think that's a really good 
metaphor for our spiritual lives as well. Mm. That sometimes we need that renovation of the heart, as uh, some have said, or we need that fresh coat of paint and something about that can make it feel new and fresh and exciting. And maybe that's what this is coming out of this kind of pandemic era is that fresh coat of paint in our spiritual lives are just saying, man, something feels different. Something feels new. Let's, let's really use this space, this facility for all it's, it's good for. And so I'm excited to see growth and the, the growth in people, all the things that you were just talking about that this current kind of exciting season brings that because people are excited about their faith, I'm excited to see what that does in their lives in six months, a year, et cetera. I love how you corrected my answer and then affirmed me at the same time. That's such a pastoral <laughs> move. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know, I've uh, gotten pretty good at this at this point. My hum- uh, humility is up there too. You know. yeah. <laughs> One of the other things I thought about, you know, looking to the future is I look forward to seeing what we've been believing will be true. And that is that there will come a time when we look back on these two years and celebrate God's providence at work, mm-hmm. that we are actually stronger than we would have been otherwise. And for a couple of years, we walked by faith. Even now we walk by faith a little bit thinking, okay, Lord, you're going to have to show us how that's the case. Um, There seems to be some things that we've lost that we're still kind of mourning and trying to figure out how to move forward in this, you know, in kind of what the church looks like now. Mm -hmm. But I am confident, you are confident, most of our church family is confident that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him that he loves the church more than you and I do, more than our church family does, and he is going to bring to pass what he wants to bring to pass. And there are times when he prunes us, shapes us, and I'm confident whether it's next year, five years from now, we will look back on 2020, 2021, and praise the Lord and say, wow, you really got rid of some of the things we needed to get rid of, but were too cowardly to do it or too ignorant to do it. You sharpen some things we needed to sharpen. And so I really look forward to that. And whether it's this year or next year, like I said, but I look forward to looking back and just celebrating. Looking forward to hindsight. Yeah, 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 a little bit. (laughs) Well, this is word processing. And so we'd be remiss if we didn't mention God's word during our time together. Josiah, is there a particular passage or story in scripture maybe that you have been going back to or that you've been finding encouraging for yourself that you think would also be encouraging to our church right now? Yeah, I'm totally going to cheat on this one. I've got a oh, handful sweet. of them. That's oh, it. man. Okay, let's let's go. <laughs> so, you know, right now I, I'm teaching through four or five different books of the Bible in different places. In different capacities. Places, different different places. Studies, and yeah. so, as you know, and other people who study the word and maybe teach the word, whether it's over coffee with someone or in a more formal capacity, you know that you are blessed as you study to teach. Yeah. And so I look at these texts that I've been teaching lately, and I am so encouraged. I've been, I've been born along by these texts in many ways. So in Ephesians 1, I go back to Ephesians 1 so often, that opening sentence of Paul's letter where he just goes on and on and on about all we have and all we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. And those things are true no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what is going on in my life. And it's a stabilizing reality. And there are some things in that sentence, that long 12 verse long sentence. It's a monster, yeah. That are overwhelming, that I still don't fully know how to understand. But I think that's part of the point is that it overwhelms me when I read it. I've probably read that verse, I don't know, 50, 100 times. It still overwhelms me. And I think it overwhelms me. Because at the beginning, he says, we are to bless God who blesses us. And here, let me show you some of the ways he blesses us. And so if I take that overwhelming feeling of all that I am, all that I will be, all that I have in Christ, and turn it back to fodder for praise, for blessing his name. And that, again, is true no matter what is going on in life. So 
for me, over the last couple of years, that has just been a go-to. Go back to no matter what's going on, no matter what discourages me, no matter what is knocking me down, no matter what is causing me perhaps to get prideful, go back to that and just remember who I am in Christ. It's been so important. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Anyway, I'll kick it to you before I keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, same kind of vein. I was recently teaching in, in the book of Philippians and people on the podcast around the church would know that I love the book of Philippians, but I keep coming back to it. Um, this passage in Philippians chapter three, I'll read a portion of it today, actually, even. This is Paul talking about all the reasons he has to be prideful, essentially, or boast in and of himself. But he says in verse seven, but whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as loss because of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count the mere rubbish that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If somehow I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, Not that I've already grasped it all or have already become perfect, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Man, I just love that, that ending, especially of like, we here we have Paul, arguably the second most influential person for Christians that has ever lived. One might say that's my, my interpretation there, but many of us are here today because of the work that Paul did taking the gospel to the Gentiles. And here, this person, this this pinnacle of faith in some ways says, I'm not even perfect. I haven't even reached it. However, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep pressing forward. And it's this reminder that we can never stop. When things are going bad, we keep pushing forward. When things are going great, we keep pushing forward. Don't let ourselves land in that standstill or that plateau, but always keep our eyes ahead on Jesus and moving more and more towards him. And I think that's Always a good reminder for me when I get into the kind of passive status quo of things yeah. that I need to keep pushing forward. And it's really important when we're stuck in the midst of a trench, too, that we can keep pushing forward and following Christ. I'll follow your lead and go right into Philippians as well. Oh, for my love second it. One. Yeah. Philippians 4 is that well-known sure. passage. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I go to that passage. It really encourages me because in the context, he's saying that I can do all things and all things being contentment regardless of circumstances, you know, whether in prison or starving or full or wealthy or poor, I can be content in Christ, you know, and I mean, I've needed that these last couple of years. I need it all the time, but the last couple of years I've needed that at times that in Christ through his power, I can and should be content no matter what the circumstances are. And this kind of, for me, ties back to Ephesians one and who I am in Christ But yes, I can do all things through Christ, but it's very specific. I can be content. Yeah. And I love that in that passage there, he doesn't just say I can be content in the negative things, Mm -hmm. but he mentions positive as well, showing how easy it is for us to be discontent even when we have a lot. And yet this is what we should be aiming Mm -hmm. for. Yeah. We don't want to swing the pendulum and say that Christians, faithful Christians should always be downtrodden and oppressed and all of those things. No, 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 no. Life swings back and forth all the time. And like you just said, the beauty of what Paul was teaching is that no matter where it is, the contentment remains consistent. And so that's been a message I've needed over the last couple of years, along with the Ephesians 1 pick me up also and rebuke and humility Mm -hmm. that comes in there also. Also Acts, I've been teaching through Acts as well. And just this reminder that we are part of this 
movement, this spreading gospel church movement that is so much bigger than us belongs to Christ. He is the head of the church. And to watch the church spread, even in the book of Acts, and understand that we at Oak Ridge, you and I as pastors and all of us as believers are part of this huge thing that is unstoppable. It's a bit of a pick-me-up as well, because from a human point of view, there's been a couple times over the last couple of years where you kind of think, okay, this is the end. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not that extreme, not that dramatic, it but you know, it yeah. kind of is, it's halting yeah. that the tires have screeched, we're stagnant. That just cannot be the case. You remind yourself in the book of Acts, this thing is unstoppable. The power of God going forth around the world, that we are stewards of this amazing, liberating message. So no matter what's happening again, I go to that and remind myself what I'm part of, or the Lord reminds me of what we are part of. And it's very encouraging. Hmm. Another one is Haggai chapter two. I've been teaching through Haggai a little bit as well. And Haggai chapter two, maybe a little bit more obscure than Acts, but there's this scene where they're rebuilding the temple. They've come back from exile, they're rebuilding the temple. And in Haggai chapter two, they're weeping. The ones who had seen the former temple are weeping. Uh, because what is being built, the foundation being laid, is so pathetic compared to Solomon's temple. Mm. And God comes along and says, what is coming is so much greater than what was before. And I love that as well. And I don't want to spiritualize this too much, but I think of there have been times over the last couple of years where you kind of like mourn what has been lost because of memories of former glory, quote unquote. But to realize, again, combined with that axe trajectory, this is growing into something bigger than we can even imagine. And so again... I want to weep sometimes. I want to be discouraged. I want to bow my head and be like, oh, woe is us. We're so you know, disenfranchised and scattered. Oh, no. This, the Lord is in control and he is providentially bringing to pass in his church, in Christ's body, and he's inviting us to be part of it. So that's encouraging to me also. Okay, well, I better jump in here with another one then so people don't think that I'm less spiritual or anything like that. (laughs) That was the goal. I just wanted to, yes. (laughs) Yes, put me down a peg. No, well, I was teaching in Romans 5 recently and just, again, the reminder here that God had a plan and has a plan for his people and that even this, this first verse, we are justified by faith, that it is not something that we accomplish that even we do good things and we are faithful and obedient to God because we love him, not because it earns our salvation, not because it earns more favor with God, because we are justified purely by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I think it's never a bad time to be reminded of that truth. I can see you got more. Keep, keep it coming. The only way to top that, and it doesn't even top that because that is of utmost Please, importance. Yes. But as we've gone through Matthew, as a church on Sunday mornings, just to be reminded time and time again, no matter what's happening in my life, in the world, the king is coming. The kingdom is coming. We have something to look forward to. And I've needed all of these encouragements. And the Lord knows I've needed all of these encouragements and the cumulative force of all of these encouragements. And again, you know, word processing, we like to talk about the word. I could talk about it and often do talk about it all day long. So this is just a sample of some of the ways the Lord has encouraged me and our prayers that the Lord has been encouraging our listeners as well with their time in the word in ways that they need. And the Lord meets them in those times uh, with his word and speaks clearly to them. So Josiah, as we kind of move towards then a conclusion today, I just want to give the floor back to you one more time, I guess, and just say, is there anything else that you would like to say to encourage the people of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel today? I love that you're giving the floor back to me, even though I've monopolized it for the whole time. time. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my privilege as the host of this (laughs) podcast. I get to take and give as I I see fit. (laughs) Well, you and I often talk about this when the mics are off, but we need to be reminded just to be faithful that we are not measured for what we produce 
but we're measured for our faithfulness to Christ. And so I just want to read a single verse from 1 Peter chapter 2. This is written to a group of believers who are living in a time of struggle, of dispersion, of discouragement. And he writes them in just some clarifying little statements. He says in chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. What a great summary. If we just focus on, and obviously that is a simplification of all of the New Testament sure. and, and scripture <laughs> as a whole, but just think of what we are called to do primarily as people, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what's happening in the world, there are some things that I am responsible to do, to be faithful to the Lord, to honor all people, believer, unbeliever, whatever the case may be, because they're made in the image of God. They deserve honor, to honor all people, to love the brotherhood. My brothers and sisters in Christ are very, very, very important. I am called to bless them, to serve them, to lay down my preferences, my time, my finances, everything, to lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that's so important to love the brotherhood, to love the church, very, very important, to fear God. I mean, we could have a whole other podcast season on this. What does it mean to love God? Well, it means to devote ourselves to him, to follow after Christ, to trust Christ if you haven't done that, to love God, and then to honor the king to submit to the government that God himself has put in place. I mean, that's just a sample, but encapsulated in one verse, in all that's happening in the world, the chaos in your life, whatever the case may be, just be faithful to the Lord. Change the diapers, love your spouse, study hard, do the things God has put before you. And those are acts of worship, as Paul says in Romans 12. We lay our lives down and we enter the vocations he's given us and do them faithfully, unto his glory, and we do what we're called to do, to honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king, and it will be well with you. Be faithful to the Lord. Don't measure your quote-unquote success in the Christian life on what you can produce, but just in how faithful you are to he who has called you. And my concluding word was, I think, follows that up well, and just, just to say that it will be worth it. It is worth it. It has been worth it, because as you said a moment ago, Jesus is coming. And he rewards his faithful and he has great things in store for us, things beyond what we can even understand or imagine. And we wait for it patiently and we wait for it actively as we engage and intentionally push forward towards that goal of faithfulness, which is ultimately that goal that Paul was talking about there as well. Josiah, thank you for 100 episodes. and Thank you for 100 episodes. 100 more, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see where the Lord takes us. But uh, listener, it has been truly a privilege. We, we talk about this often, again, when the mics are off, to have this opportunity to just take some time and reflect every week and to talk with each other and to let you into those conversations a little bit. And we truly pray for our church congregation and for everyone who would listen, that this would be encouraging and edifying as we serve the Lord and run towards that finish line together. So thank you for being with us and we'll, we'll see you next week. Until then, go with grace and peace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information. 